Welcome to the Regional Update with me, Jessica Strauss, the Weed Smart Communications Lead. Each fortnight on Mondays, we interview a local expert from a different cropping region to provide you with a regional weeds focused update. Let's get into it. On this episode of the Regional Update, we're catching up with Tim Bartemote. Tim is a Senior Land Services Officer in the Cropping Division for the New South Wales Central West Local Land Services. And over the last two years, Tim has been working on a chaff decking paddock demonstration project, which has GRDC investment. Tim is going to give us an overview of what this project is all about and provide a regional update for his region. Tim Bartemote joins us now. How are you going, Tim? Yeah, good, thanks, Jess. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us on the regional update. As we mentioned in the intro, part of the regional update today, we'll be focusing on some chaff deck paddock demonstrations you've previously done, which is nice because it's in the theme of the podcast that went out last week, the Weed Smart podcast, focusing on chaff deck. So looking forward to having a chat with you about that, as well as getting the standard regional update for what's going on in your area. But Tim, because we haven't had you on the podcast before, I just wanted to firstly get you to talk a little bit about your role and and where you're based. Yeah, sure. So I am based in Dubbo and I work for local land services and my primary role is cropping extension. So I work as part of the ag team and we have uh, different staff that are focused on different areas of ag production. And so I primarily run from Canamble uh, down to Grenfell, from Wellington to Lake Ajelago. And it's all about getting the newest research and newest management techniques to our producers and to our advisors so they're up to date and able to achieve the best in terms of production and sustainability on their um, on their farms in our region. Very cool. And we mentioned in the introduction that you have in previous times uh, recently been working on a chaff decking project, which is a GRDC invested project um, that you've been managing. Can you tell us about what that project entails? Yeah, sure. So it's uh, the Integrated Weed Management Project and it's been... Uh, laid out in conjunction with a few different other local land services regions, so all the way from northwest down to Murray and the Riverina. And we went to our growers and basically asked them what their biggest weed burdens are, what their biggest issues with integrated weed management and how we could possibly help to improve that and uh, give them the newest information or showcase the newest technology that could uh, help facilitate their, the intended outcomes they were hoping to achieve in that area. And so we identify that uh, obviously ryegrass is a major component of our weed issues in the Central West, in particularly in our cropping areas. And they identify that harvest weed seed management was a potential outcome that they would like to look into or get more information about. And so we got in touch with some people in Western Australia and, and some people locally that have kind of tried that out or pioneered that in our area and see how successful they've been and what they learned from that. So we got them in front of some producers to discuss some of those options. And we also identified some producers that were keen to try this out uh, on their farm and see what they could do in terms of some of the, these producers had struggled with a bit of herbicide resistance and had been cropping for at least 15, 20 years uh, consecutively. And ryegrass is starting to rear its ugly head in terms of being hard to control. And so it added another tool to the toolbox with chaff him not really controlling the weeds, but putting them in a position where we could attack them in a different way, whether that be chemically or mm. whatnot. And so these producers were keen to do something off their own bat. They weren't particularly interested in buying a chaff deck. They wanted to manufacture something locally. 
And so we got around a few different designs from universities and just from other producers that had done this on their farm and trialled them out. And we wanted to provide some data. So we created a bit of a protocol so we could provide some data to gauge how well it was working. And these two farms, one in the north and one in the south, um, they're on a, a mix of different headers. And so we were, for the first uh, few months, we were working out baffle placement and shoot placement to try and get the designated outcome and reduce blockages if we could mm. and trial them in a few different areas. So we looked at some summer cropping and some winter cropping options. And so from that work, yeah, we identified that there is a significant movement of ryegrass when putting chaff decks on these headers and particularly down south. And so we're talking about, you know, jumping from a 25 plant per metre paddock average to in these GPS points that we allocated on the tram tracks, they jumped up to 60 plants per square metre. So a significant jump in that first year. Yeah. And then in the north where there was more, it wasn't a widespread problem, it was probably more patches. We just had our first year with the chaff decks on just gone in 2020. So we're interested to see how that population of an average of one plant per metre across the whole paddock, but in patches up to 30 or 40 plants would move across onto a tram line. And so it's, I guess it ties into my role is it's, it's about trying to provide growers with confidence in uh, these new management techniques they're trying out just so that they can have confidence in these and then from there, maybe other producers will jump on board and try it out for themselves, knowing that it's been tried and tested locally, not just based off data that's come in from outside of our region. Certainly. And when will growers be able to access the details of this project, Tim? So we've been able to update uh, producers through field days or workshops. And our website uh, contains a f- couple of different videos. So we've got one on YouTube and also on our website and then a few different articles where I've been able to provide some updates. So growers can see how it's changing over time and then uh, we'll continue this. This is a bit of a, a legacy from the GRDC project is that we'll continue this over the next couple of seasons and try and monitor how this the ryegrass population changes in each of these farms and where it moves and what outcomes are achieved from moving that. Because I guess... At the end of the day, we want to provide growers with yeah, useful information. And so if we can kind of uh, knock a few of the kinks out of this system early on in this project, then they can, that can save them a bit of time mucking around on when they try it out for themselves. Definitely. And we'll put some of the links that you've mentioned there in the podcast notes so people can go and check that information out. I also wanted to ask you, Tim, uh, we were discussing before the podcast that you've also put some field days together, uh, pre-COVID, obviously, uh, where you did address some new machinery for your region, which could be potentially a good fit for weed control in your region. In terms of options, now that you've gone sort of through uh, this process with that project and talking to growers, what options do you think that growers in your area could potentially consider in terms of weed control solutions? One of the passions I have personally is that I love new technology and new machinery and how that can uh, make things more efficient or easier for producers going forward. And so we identified a few different new machines or, yeah, new pieces of technology that could fit in this integrated weed management space and then just displayed it to growers and got companies in touch with people just to see what was on on offer and how it could help them. Uh, So we looked at, yeah, seed destructors or seed terminators or different uh, infrared camera sprays like or even some technology that allows conventional boom sprays to uh, be used in conjunction with drones to create weed maps and then as well as chaff decks and chaff liners and that sort of thing. So just a big plethora of integrated weed management options. So the idea is that increasing our toolbox 
and getting people to uh, see what other options they can incorporate easily onto their place. And, and so there's still a bit of work, I think, need to be done in this space in terms of practicality, such as how much is it going to slow down your header when you're harvesting or how expensive is it or how easy is it to change over from a conventional system to something else that could work very well and achieve good outcomes, but there's a bit of a cost to get to that yeah, stage. Sure. Yeah. So there's yeah plenty of different options. And I think um, infrared cameras like have been used widely in my region for quite a bit of time, particularly on larger farms. Uh, and some might have started out with 12-metre booms all the way. Now I'm working up to 36-metre booms. And so that's definitely an easy win there. And then I guess there's green on green as the, the holy grail of yeah, weed spraying becomes more easily available or the robotic space becomes... I guess a little bit perhaps more practical mm. or more widespread, then those are definitely options going forward. But I think it's, yeah, just trying to get those things in our region and seeing how easily they can fit into our already uh, existing systems. Yeah, I think like you said, uh, increasing that confidence level of people uh, to potentially take on these different options is a, a big part of your role and really important because it is it, that is what it is, isn't it? When there's especially at the moment, there's lots of new new things coming out, and so yeah, having confidence that it's going to fit farming systems in your region is obviously really important. Tim, just broadening out the subject matter a little bit more now, we did want to get a bit of a regional update and maybe get a few tips for growers in your region for at the moment. Uh, we mentioned in the interview already that annual ryegrass is obviously a pretty big problem in your region, but what are some of the key weed species, including ryegrass, I, I suppose, which are problematic in your region at the moment? Yeah, so we obviously, yeah, annual ryegrass is, a, is an issue, particularly in cropping systems. Um, some people might argue in a grazing system, it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Black oats are wild oats and wild oats and that are quite problematic in terms of uh, the control measures are a bit limiting in terms of the chemical side of things. And when we talk about harvest weed seed management, it's they're probably already shelled out by the time we're thinking about that. Yeah. So they can be a bit um, problematic. And then we have like your, your classics like south thistle and in-crop and even a bit of saffron thistle, even though it's technically not can be controlled when it's small uh, in a lot of our pasture country because our region is predominantly mixed farming and then you have your just graziers and then you have your straight croppers as well. So it's a bit of a yeah, mix of everything in here. Some people might see plant as a weed and other people might see it as, as feed. Mm. And yeah. so the other, in our fallow systems, probably windmill grass is a particularly hard one, hard nut to crack really, because you're looking at, if it's small, you know, you're looking at least a double knock and if it's big, you're not particularly sure you might even get it. So and then Feathertop Roads grass is progressively moving down south. And again, in our fallow systems, south this will win. And fleabane these days is generally a double knock, not as um, easy as it used to be. Yeah, right. And uh, what about the tips in terms of getting on top of these weeds at the moment, given the, if you could just tell us a little bit about the seasonal conditions your region is experiencing and, and what advice you'd give to growers for controlling weeds at the moment, Tim? Yeah, for sure. So we had a an excellent start uh, probably in that March. We had a, a quite a large amount of rainfall throughout our region, which filled up all our profiles and was looking like a cracking season almost a, a replica of 2020 in a way but uh, in April it started to dry off a bit and a lot of um, producers got their canola in all those more early crops maybe early wheats and grazing crops in but as they moved into your more main season wheat windows uh, that top inch or so started drying out and had to pull up in some areas and some of that surface moisture definitely disappeared quickly 
So we're kind of in the middle. We've had some recent rain over the last week or so, a couple of days where uh, that joined that moisture up in some areas, while in other areas it didn't. And so it's a bit of a waiting game for those that didn't get rain to start with whether they want to sow dry, whether they want to go moisture seeking or whether they're waiting for something to come through. Yeah. And then there's also the, the ongoing issue with mice on a number of farms, particularly over the summer. Uh, there's concern they might overwinter in our pastures. And so as an organisation, we're extending CSIRO and GRDC information on that. And then in terms of weeds, I think pre-emergence have really come a long way in the last, you know, 10 or so years. And there's a that's probably one of our projects is looking at what, in terms of annual ryegrass, which is what we're targeting, um, what options we have and how do some of these new players stack up against some of the old tried and true methods like trifluralin. So we're, yeah, gauging that. And I think that's definitely something that we can... Uh, look into as because I do a bit of farming with my family as producers uh, it's definitely an, an investment but I think there's plenty of data to justify the use of pre-emergence and how they can help take the pressure off of our in-crop sprays but in regards to in-crop sprays I think obviously when you're mixing group A's using full rates and if you're, even if you're using older chemistry uh, making sure we're really spot on with our timing I think in our region um some people do really well with some of those those older chemicals if they get them at the right time, but then they sometimes fall a bit flat when we put them under pressure when they're not supposed to be. Yeah, we put them under pressure by hitting something that's a bit larger than what they're designed to target. For sure. Okay. And looking forward over the next few weeks, is there anything people need to be particularly mindful of when it comes to weed control approaches? I've been really uh, liking some of the information coming out of ARI in terms of antagonism between glyphosate and some group eyes. I know that's some people a great reputation of being able to combine all these different uh, <laughs> groups together to create uh, a brew that will snot everything. And I think that's just something to consider what our main targets are and how best we can achieve that control of that main target by not putting, say, glyphosate under pressure by uh, putting in particular chemicals that may antagonise it in the tank or, and reduce our potential control. And again, I think timing and is always a big one, particularly trying to... It's a lot easier to kill, like they say, to kill small weeds... Uh, and a lot cheaper too <laughs> yes. uh, than trying to kill something that's a bit bigger or might need a bigger rate to knock it over. Yeah, I think um, a bit of forward planning can go a long way in, in terms of the current state of things, in terms of supply of stock. So I personally have benefited from thinking ahead and as to what sprays are likely we'll have to, to do in various crops and in various paddocks, knowing the, the weed burden in those. And so talking to local suppliers early, uh, understanding that you probably have to throw this spray or this spray out can um, really go a long way in terms of making sure that that is there for you when you need it. And then the other one is out of all this hub is weed seed management, uh, particularly if you're looking at chaff decking or chaff lining and you're hoping to do it yourself and save a bit of money, make sure that you're thinking and planning and really getting that going a fair few months in front of harvest because um, we did run into a bit of trouble where we thought, oh, yeah, it won't take that long, but it actually... <laughs> particular mod head models can be quite tough mm. and the other thing is make sure that it's able to come off very quickly so uh, if you need to rip it off because of some sort of blockage or that sort of thing goes wrong then you're not sitting there stopping the header from doing its job good tips tim thanks for that well tim it's been lovely having you on the podcast and we really appreciate you sharing your time today thank you so much and like i said in the interview there uh, we'll direct people to some of those links that you mentioned in the podcast notes so they can learn more about the project you're involved with and uh, learn more about what you do in your role as well so we really appreciate you taking the time tim no, thank you for having me